He's amused Cam Newton. He's been insulted by Charles Barkley. When some idiot in the press asked him, if you know what you know now, what you have scheduled this game. He's interviewed Matthew McConaughey. I do say go, Tarion. And he's taken on Big Blue Nation. He's just completely taken the wind out of my sails. <laughs> it's time for The Drive with Josh Graham. You are on a Wednesday drive, WSJS News Talk Sports for the Triad, where there's good news and there's bad news for Tar Heel basketball fans. I've always been one to start with the bad news first so that way the good news can be a bit of a what's the word I'm looking for chaser for the bad news I think that's it yeah and also it works chronologically with today's headlines Puff Johnson has entered the transfer portal he joins Dontres Styles. he joins Tyler Nickel is that it is there one more that I'm forgetting that has entered the transfer portal for North Carolina as well? I think there's – and Justin McCoy has entered the transfer portal too. Puff Johnson played more minutes than the other three, 15 minutes a game, roughly 16 minutes. He's a legacy. Cam Johnson's younger brother, you know what he's about. He's a fan favorite. As a result, he will be playing college basketball – elsewhere next season but the good news that we just received in the last 10 minutes or so he's back Armando Armando Baycott will be back for a fifth season in Chapel Hill which means this drop (laughs) will not die let's go it won't go away the Armando Baycott. Armando. It's unbelievable. We thought he'd be a one and done back in 2019, 2020. But in the year of our Lord, 2024, next year, Armando Baycott Armando. will still be playing basketball for the University of North Carolina in Chapel Hill. And that's good news. Hopefully, it counteracts a lot of the negativity. I've been seeing from Tar Heel fans ever since the Puff News dropped in the morning. Maybe it's just the optimist in me, but this is mostly positive for Carolina. This is Hubert Davis' first real opportunity to build a roster for the Tar Heels. He hasn't really had that chance yet. For the last two years, he's had the same four starters that Roy Williams had his final year. Same dudes. Now, they're going to be without Licky Black. You lose a starter from last year's team in Pete Nance, who's out of eligibility. And we will see on Caleb Love. The college basketball insiders that I've spoken with, a handful of which were in Greensboro for the NCAA tournament over the weekend, seem to believe he will not go pro. It'll either be him returning to Chapel Hill or him entering the transfer portal. But even if he decides to stay, Hubert does not have limitations to go into the portal that he had even a year ago. Last year, he only had one roster spot to fill. Remember? Kerwin Walden had to enter the portal for him to have that spot. And by that time, 
you had players who potentially could have been Tar Heels already announcing where they were going to be going, where they were going, where they were headed in the transfer portal. So Hubert was at a disadvantage. And let's also not forget if he had an extra roster spot last year, Gigi Jackson's probably playing for North Carolina rather than going down to Columbia. He simply did not have any roster space. But because of McCoy and Puff and Styles and Tyler Nickel transferring out, Hubert has ample opportunity to add to this Tar Heel roster and to do it in the portal in a way he hasn't been able to do just yet. And there's already precedent for winning big in the portal. If you're a skeptic at something that's new, eh, I don't know if this is a way you can win. Well, look at the teams that are in the Sweet 16 right now. Look no further than Miami, who won the ACC. And how did they do it? Much to Jim Beheim's chagrin, adding Nigel Pack and adding Norchado Mir through the portal. Carolina, they have NIL in place. Why else do you think Armando Baycott's coming back to school? Armando. Other than trying to. Speaking of chasers, wash that bad taste out of your mouth from this past season. You don't want to go out that way. How about K-State, who just rolled through Greensboro to get to the Sweet 16? That team was picked last in the Big 12 way back in October. Last place. How'd they get there? Well, their two best players are transfers. Talking about Noel, talking about Keontae Johnson coming from the University of Florida. So there's already precedent. Texas Tech, Chris Beard won big, getting to the national championship game largely on the back of transfers. Texas Tech last year without Chris Beard getting to the Sweet 16 the same way before Coach K and Duke took him out. Hubert, he needs to find some shooters, and now he has the ability to do so. This is his first real opportunity to build a roster and to do it through the transfer portal. We'll talk more about the Tar Heels when Terrence Oglesby joins us from the Field of 68 in about 20 minutes on Twitter at WSJS Radio. That's where we're streaming video too on Twitch, on YouTube, and on Twitter. You can watch our video stream during the shows. Also, we get YouTube content out there as well after we get off the air that you need to check out by subscribing. That's not the only news that we have today. C.J. Stroud had what some are calling his throw day at the Ohio State Pro Day in Columbus. And the Carolina Panthers sent a full contingent to Columbus, including not just Frank Reich, who's getting video or pictures on his phone for some reason. He looks like me over the last 24 hours taking pictures of my new dog. He does. The way that he looks at C.J. Stroud (laughs) is the way that I look at my dog, Willow. Makes me super happy. Gives me the warm fuzzies. Josh McCown's there. Scott Fitterer's there. Samir Suleiman's there, who's in the front office. The Is Sir Purr there? I, it seemed like they sent everybody. Who did they not send? See Darren Gant there taking pictures. Who did the Panthers not send? David Tepper. It's usually a good sign if the owner's there. David Tepper and his wife, Nicole Tepper. They're there. And apparently met with C.J. Stroud last night, this is where I stand on Stroud. The biggest advantage he has over Bryce Young is the frame he has, yes, but really it's even larger than that. There's something that underlies that that I think makes Stroud the right choice for Carolina. 
He has the least risk attached to him. When I talk to executives in the NFL and ask them, what are these war rooms like when you're picking in the draft? What's something that maybe we don't even appreciate or maybe don't appreciate enough? And every single one of the ones I've talked to have gone back to, you don't realize how detailed these injury reports are, how much we focus on what your durability in the league is going to look like. And I with C.J. Stroud, risk. It's the least amount of risk attached to him. The reason the injury reports are so central, it's how much risk is attached to this prospect that we're about to take. And that's enough reason. Being the least risky option, that's enough reason for him to be projected as the top guy. It's enough reason for that to be the case. It reminds me of the Zion Williamson draft where you had some experts out there speaking anonymously or some scouts saying, oh, I took John Morant over Zion, who, by the way, was cleared for activity today, on-floor activity. And I laughed at that report. You have an owner to answer to. Good luck trying to convince an owner at that time, oh, yeah, we're going to take John Morant over Zion. Sorry for all the lack of fanfare that's going to come with that and all the jerseys that you're not going to be able to sell with Zion when we take the guy from Murray State, even though years later it looks like that might be the right pick. What's going to get me fired or what's least likely to get me fired if things go astray? Don't overlook that motivation. Another reason is, well, Mel Kuyper mocks C.J. Stroud as his number one pick in the draft. Here he was on ESPN. Field right now it's C.J. Stroud. Frank Reich, he said, well, I don't hear about Bryce Young's size, but in the past it has been important to Frank Reich. And accuracy throwing the football, C.J. Stroud was at 70% over the last two years. He didn't throw interceptions. He's kind of the college version of Aaron Rodgers. He didn't throw picks. And certainly the size we saw against Georgia, he could be a dual threat quarterback. If he could bottle that, I keep saying it, bottle that, take it into the NFL. Unfortunately, we didn't see that each week at Ohio State. But we saw it in the Georgia game, certainly the combine workout, he threw the ball very well. He doesn't have the howitzer for an arm, but he certainly has good enough arm strength. The accuracy is phenomenal, and he has that little swagger about him. So to me, right now, for Carolina and for Frank Wright, for what he's looked for in a quarterback, C.J. Stroud has. Yes, and Joe Person is there from The Athletic at the Pro Day. He said, unofficially, C.J. Stroud, 44 of 51 on his throw todays. Two drops, five incompletions, all of which came when he was throwing to his left. He had an incompletion as well, throwing to his left at the combine, if memory serves correct, too. The knocks on Stroud are his mobility and the school that he goes to. The Georgia game changed everything. I honestly don't believe WD. It's a conversation at all about the number one pick. It's going to be Bryce Young, no doubt, if USC beat Utah in the Pac-12 championship game because that would send USC to the playoff and likely C.J. Stroud opting out of his bowl game, which means he would have never had that shot against Georgia. If it's not, if not for the Georgia tape, if not for that game, I don't think there's a question. I think Bryce Young's the number one pick. I think you're right. Because we didn't really see him on the big stage showing off the mobility at all. And for him to do that against Georgia, who ended up creaming TCU a week after that, yeah, I, I think that's incredibly valuable. And as for the school piece, oh, he went to Ohio State, he has every advantage. So does Bryce Young. Oh, but Bryce didn't have the receivers this year. While that might be true, let's not forget, when C.J. Stroud was great in the Rose Bowl a year ago, a year and change ago, he did it without his two best receivers who 
opted out. Guys who ended up being top 10 picks, top 12 picks, Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson. And this year, he was without Jackson Smith and Jigba pretty much the entire year. In that game against Georgia, they lost Marvin Harrison Jr. in the first half, and he still moved the ball on that Georgia defense. So I believe he can elevate his teammates. And the cons, they're much small. I think the cons with Bryce Young or make it C.J. Stroud are a lot smaller than the concerns with Bryce Young's frame, both literally and figuratively, I guess. Ayo, and if it doesn't work, it's a spectacular miss with Bryce Young. With C.J. Stroud, I don't see how he's a big miss in the league when coupled with the type of quarterback coaches that you have, the type of offensive minds you have in Charlotte. Jim Caldwell was also there today, too, in addition to offensive coordinator Thomas Brown. Sir Purr was probably on site. Maybe one of the secretaries. I don't know who wasn't there from the Carolina Panthers. I do. Who? That's true. Well played. That, Not with the Panthers anymore. That hurt. Don't know why you did that. The Drive with Josh Graham, only on WSJS. The big news in college basketball today, or a couple of the big headlines. Puff Johnson joining Justin McCoy, Dontrez Styles, and Tyler Nickel in the portal in Chapel Hill. And our guy, Armando Baycott, returning to Chapel Hill for Armando. a fifth season. <laughs> and now we welcome Terrence Oglesby to the show. Oh, he has such childish, bully-like laughter. It's good to hear and see you, T.O. You're on your way to Las Vegas, West Region. Perhaps we could get to that in a second. We know Baycott is coming back. What should happen with Caleb Love? What will happen? And are those answers different for whatever reason? I think, which, I, I, to be honest with you, I have no uh, inside information that I could give you. I wish I did, but I don't. Uh, I, I think what should happen, I think it's time for Caleb Love to find another home. Uh, I, I think it would be better for everybody involved. Uh, there's obviously uh, Hubert's reluctance to play the bench has obviously run its course and now most of the majority of those guys are taking off and leaving but what a great get to get armando back in the fold you want to talk about a guy who i, I think i share feelings with you in that like it, he was so good last year despite all the nonsense that was going on around him and there was some nonsense and kudos to him for continuing to produce i don't i, I don't place any of the blame on last season on Armando Baycott whatsoever. I thought he was still really good in spite of everything going on. This is a huge coup, uh, make no mistake, but a couple of names to look out for. Bobby Pettiford's transferring away from Kansas. That was a, it's a North Carolina kid who's got a lot of talent. He was originally a Louisville guy. Chris Mack leaves, he goes to Kansas, has some good years, has struggled to stay healthy. But you wanna talk about somebody who fits the North Carolina style of play or what we thought was a North Carolina style of play? Uh, he fits the bill. I got the inside scoop on Bobby Pettiford. South Granville High School. That's where I took my SAT. And my wife's uh, mom, so my in-law, my mother-in-law, uh, taught him in high school. So there's a close relationship there. So I'll let you know if anything happens on the Bobby Pettiford front, T.O. Other than Bama and Houston, 
who right now are seen to be the favorites to win a national title at this point. How many teams left standing are capable of winning four in a row? How many teams? I think, let's say, UConn can, Tennessee can. Wow, Tennessee. Yeah, Tennessee can because they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna play football. And if the officials let them play football, they're gonna be able to play, they're gonna be able to win some games because they beat the heck out of Duke. That was one of the worst officiated games we've seen all tournament. And that is saying something, my friend. Uh no, Tennessee's they're so big and physical, they can make some different things happen. They're really deep. So you, you know, to where certain teams have, you know, twenty-five to thirty fouls they can give. Tennessee has like fifty, and they use forty of them. So, like, there's a lot to be said there for how they play. I think they can certainly win. Uh, I, I think Tennessee makes the Final Four. I just don't see Kansas State, uh, Michigan State, or FAU being able to compete with them from a physical perspective. So, I like Tennessee there. But UConn, UCLA, Tennessee, uh, Houston, and Alabama, that's where I would throw my – if I had to throw my eggs in a few different baskets, those would be the ones I would go with. Yeah. You knew it was a bad time for Duke when – Kip Kissinger was on the whistle and he was the same guy who did not whistle a foul on Virginia Tech because of the celebratory punch to Kyle Filipowski's throat in Blacksburg a while back. Yeah, hey, look, look, the, the, the Dukies, they, they don't get a whole lot of calls. <laughs> As you know, they, they don't they don't get a lot of they don't get a lot of foul calls. Yeah. So let, let, let's keep it in perspective here. Yes, that's right. Ter Terrence Oglesby's with us. He knows the ACC well. He played in the ACC at Clemson once upon a time. So be honest with me. We're talking amongst friends here. How happy were you that Miami beat Indiana on Sunday? Uh, for the conference, very happy. Uh, you know what? I, I I fought tooth and nail for the ACC. And it just it just didn't work out this year. I I I fought and I failed. That being said, Miami's still very good. And but but to to you know and I know if Miami loses that game to a Big Ten team and they have two and the ACC has none and people are referencing Black Sunday in 1979, this week becomes hell for the ACC if they lose that game. No. Yeah, I, it absolutely does for a lot of people, including myself. I, I'm happy they're holding it up. Uh, I, something has to change with the conference, whether it be scheduling, whether it be, uh, you know, if Jim Phillips goes and takes the Big Ten job, which, to be honest with you, I think he fits that job better than the ACC job. Uh, I, I don't think that's a secret. I think there's a lot of people that would agree with that. Uh, he's just one of those guys where I, I wish we would focus more on basketball because the ACC has always been a basketball conference. I understand where the money is. I understand why you would do things differently, but something needs to change. I talked to a few head coaches in the conference. Could it be something as simple as, you know, mixing in some non-conference games in January and February? Uh, and, and then play some conference games earlier in the year. I, I don't I don't see there being a problem with that because if you're learning your team, at least you're beating up on each other instead of being beat up out of conference. So maybe, you know, it's going to be an ACC-SEC challenge next year. Maybe you put that in January or February as opposed to playing it November or December to where at least you know what your team is whenever you go into something with, with that much ramifications as far as the results are concerned. If you want evidence about how it's a scam by greedy university presidents, the idea that the ACC is in an existential crisis, uh, not being able to compete at all at the top level of any sport if they're not able to prioritize football and go that path. 
look at the Big East Conference and look at That's the teams right. that right now are in the Sweet 16 that are contenders like Creighton, like UConn, who you noted. These are teams like Marquette, even though they got knocked out by Michigan State. The, the Big East seems to be doing just fine. So you, you can prioritize basketball and still be just fine. Yeah, you can. And I think that's the direction that the Big 12 is going as well. Once Texas and Oklahoma leaves, they're bringing in Cincinnati, they're bringing in UCF, BYU. Like that's going to be a basketball centric conference as well. So you're going to have two of them in what I call the power six uh, that are going to be basketball centric conferences. And I, I, I feel like it's an underrated portion of your front porch is the basketball team. And when I say the front porch, I'm talking about each university or each conference's front porch, just because I, you know, basketball, it, it does, it does get delayed in viewership some because football lasts so long into the season, but at the same time, you can still have some success being a basketball conference. And Josh, it, it was a basketball conference forever. Like, I, I don't understand, like we're in a world that flipped. It's kind of an insane uh, thing for me. Eh, well, I mean, you could say that. Is it a coincidence the last two years the ACC's had perception problems and it's the two years that Jim Phillips has been the commissioner? You can say that that's a coincidence or you could say that that's linked to the fact that he literally said in his first press conference that football was going to be front and center 365 and all that. So we'll put that we'll put that to the side for now. Terrence Oglesby is joining us in route to Vegas. Man, that Gonzaga-UCLA matchup, that's pretty juicy. But... Tia, where do you call home? I, I live in uh, right outside of Greenville, South Carolina. Live in, I, I live close to Clemson. You live close to Clemson. So you're the mm -hmm. right guy. I live in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. So sure. I want to read you an excerpt from the Greenville News yesterday <laughs> where it says, Dabo Sweeney said he was a bit envious of Clemson basketball coach Brad Brownell and some of the faraway locals he's been able to take his team to play in recent years. Quote, all we ever get to do is to go to, like, Winston-Salem and places like that, Sweeney said. Brownell and the boys, they get to go to Hawaii, Italy. Hey, spread the love around a little bit. I need you to tell me, where does Dabo lack more self-awareness? In taking a jab at Winston-Salem while living in Clemson? Or being a football coach at Clemson, talking about what? basketball gets that you don't yeah i i don't have an answer for you but i will say winston salem's <laughs> a lovely city <laughs> i don't have i don't have much for you oh, no, I, you're a basketball hey, guy come on now football's complaining about what basketball gets yeah i know has debo walked into his own building lately have you been have you been down to that building i've been the to the football building. building i haven't been to the basketball building how much different are the two very okay <laughs> now, hey look ba the basketball facilities are very nice but football i mean they've got slides to get down that the coaches have to use to get down to practice I, it, there's a lot going on uh when it cut i think he's referring he wants to go to ireland or something That's right. like wh who was it notre dame that did it last year he said I, that I brownell gets to go to hawaii home and home of hawaii who says no i bet you it's not hawaii i don't think it's the fighting rainbow warriors or whatever we call them now right i, I go here's here's how my brain works though you have to charter for all those football players you can't just fly them commercial because there's just so many of them so then you charter what a 747 to get over to ireland that's a that's a that's a that's a flight <laughs> it's well said uh are you how are you getting to las vegas 
I'm going Greenville to Atlanta to Las Vegas. I'll be there tonight. And then we're going to be doing shows with the Field of 68 uh, tomorrow. Every day we're down there. And then I'll come home on Monday morning, stay for two days. And then I'm at the Final Four in Houston. And I told my wife, uh, two weeks from today, it's all done. And she is, uh, she goes, I finally get you back. I said, yes, ma'am. So she's, she's excited about that, I guess. That was me three days ago. I'm done. Sarah Bradford, that's the end of my bass. That's the end of my watch. And what happened yesterday? We got a puppy. And the puppy's right in the studio right now on the other side of the wall. So, yeah, needless to say, I've got, a, I got an 11-week-old puppy in the house. So now I have, you know, I, I, I have my time being taken up. My time's been taken up by something well, for else. What it's worth, I, I, I bought a horse yesterday for my wife. You bought a horse? I bought a horse. It's our third horse. I have a, I have a Shetland. I have a Tennessee Walker that she rides back through the uh, countryside and the mountains and everything. And then uh, I bought her a, she's a roping, uh, she's a, she, she likes to rope cattle. <laughs> so those are a little bit more expensive. Has she so, taught uh, you how to rope cattle at all? Can you figure it out? No, no, I, I, I'm so focused on basketball right now. I don't have enough time to learn the roping, but she's getting there. Nah, I'll get there. I'll tell you what, you were a sharpshooter back at Clemson. I'm sure you can throw one of those lassos around around a, a cow you know just like you do from three-point range back in the day you right. could do that to uh safe travels to las vegas and thanks for uh dabbling in our nonsense as always to all right buddy thank you so much for having me we'll talk soon you're on the drive with josh Graham, wsjs This is what we call working things out. Throwing paint against the wall to see what might stick. John Calipari gave us a gift last weekend. NCAA tournament regionals in Greensboro. And he was talking about Josh Pazner when he said this. Josh is out of his mind. But we couldn't resist the opportunity to create something out of this. So why not bring back a hot takes segment? Sports radio people get labeled as hot take artists. I get called that sometimes. It's not what I try to do. I don't like that label at all. But there are a lot of people that do check that box, who do come to sports talk radio to hear some flaming hot face searing takes. So to appease that portion of the audience, I feel like once a week, we do mind-blowing type segments with mind-blowing, head-exploding type takes that are so hot, oh, it might even melt the radios in your car. That's where the segment comes to full fruition. Josh is out of his mind. Josh is out of his mind. Crazy fool. Just telling stories. He's out of his f***ing mind. So this is just a chance to get something off of my chest. And if you'd like to participate and lob in a hot take as well, we'll let you. 336-777-1600 is the phone number. What might qualify as a hot take today? Well, how about this? 
Armando Baycott says he's returning to Chapel Hill. Josh is out of his mind. Well, that's not a hot take at all. That's not what we're doing here. Armando Baycott is returning to Chapel Hill, which leads me to the take, WD. This is the throwing paint part. Right. North Carolina would rather have Jalen Washington return to campus than Armando Baycott if they could only pick one. Armando. Josh is out of his mind. Hear me out. If you only had the pick, Jalen Washington or Baycott, who would you have returned? It's kind of like the Mike Glennon, Russell Wilson question of 10 years ago that Tom O'Brien answered. Here's another hot take. Tom O'Brien was right to pick Mike Glennon over Russell Wilson. Josh is out of his mind. Bonus take there. You got multiple years of Glennon. You beat Florida State. You had some pretty good teams. Russell Wilson wasn't going to do much better than Mike Glennon ended up doing, and he only had one year left. Jalen has multiple years. Baycott has one, and Jalen can shoot the basketball in a way I don't think Baycott can, fitting more what Hubert, I think, ideally wants this offense to look like. It's a good thing that you get Baycott back only if it also means that Jalen's coming back too. This Baycott stuff becomes bad news if we learn that 13 is going to join Puff Johnson and the other three Tar Heels in the portal. Next take, WD, I got a new puppy yesterday. Her name is Willow. I love her very much. So much that I'll say this. Puppies are cuter than babies and kittens and also can resolve any dispute that you're dealing with in your life. Josh is out of his mind. Babies are not as cute as puppies. I'm sorry. Now, I'm not saying babies aren't cute. They are. But puppies are cuter. And they're cuter than kittens. And they can resolve any dispute. I believe this, WD. I had a phone call with someone last night. Didn't know how it was going to go. There was some awkwardness until I sent that person a picture of the puppy and said, how can you be mad at somebody when you look into their eyes? You look into the eyes of Willow and immediately all the tension melted away. I've had her in the studio or in the office earlier today and tons of people I don't have a lot of conversations with just rolled on through People that I thought didn't like me. People that I thought might have had beef with me whatsoever or might find me obnoxious. It all (laughs) melts away when there is a puppy sitting beside Uh. me and immediately you're the most popular guy in the room that everybody loves. Why? Because of the puppy. See, that's why having a puppy is the greatest thing you can do to pick up girls. Well, I'm married. Well, I mean, if if somebody wasn't. Just a tip for you out there. Cam Newton. He's throwing at Auburn's Pro Day yesterday. Not only is his football career finished, I just don't know if he knows it yet, his future is going to be in a Fox TV booth in 2024. Josh is out of his mind. Remember, Tom Brady 
doesn't join the lead Fox team until 24. He's taking a year off. Greg Olson is still the lead guy with Kevin Burghardt this year. Do you think he's just going to settle for being the number two guy and that's it? After being so good as the lead commentator and getting all these rave reviews? I don't think so. I think Amazon either makes a run at him and stops with the Kirk Herbstreet stuff. Kirk Herbstreet. Or makes that a three-man booth, perhaps. Or Chris Collinsworth, who's been on TV for a very long time, he decides to call it a career. And who slides right in next to Mike Tirico? Greg Olson. But it also would create a prime opening at Fox. How can we do something splashy in addition to bringing Tom Brady in? How about Cam Newton? That guy's polarizing. That guy's fun. That guy will attract eyeballs. He's just really good at TV. So he will pursue a TV career. And I think Fox in 2024. Another take. WD is going to learn this tonight. Vincent Vega in Pulp Fiction is John Travolta's best role. Josh is out of his mind. With respect to Saturday Night Fever, with respect to Danny and Grease, I just think Pulp Fiction maximizes the full package. Now, we don't get much of him singing, I understand that, but John Travolta, much better dancer than he is a singer. You get a dancing scene in Pulp Fiction. It's his best script, so there's some great acting in there, too. Yeah, give me... John Travolta in Pulp Fiction over Travolta in Saturday Night Fever and Grease, even though the latter two were probably bigger box office successes from the 1970s. What do you think of this segment? That's been Josh is out of his mind. Josh is out of his mind. I like it. We need to work you into this as well yeah, get you allow you to fire off some takes i, I think i in should in the future what do you know about the movie pulp fiction that i just realized that i know what pulp fiction is when you started talking about travolta and then you mentioned samuel jackson earlier i'm like oh that's pulp fiction oh you've seen the poster of both of them in the well, suits I, yeah and just clips of them at different points mm-hmm. and i'm pretty sure i Went past it when it was on TV years ago. Royale with cheese. Just got that text from John Dell. There are so many <laughs> iconic <laughs> lines from that movie. I still probably prefer Inglorious Bastards among Tarantino movies, but Pulp Fiction is that's that's on the obit one day for Quentin Tarantino, and they're starting to list off the movies. That's going to be the first movie that's listed. You just. It's easily the best that Samuel L. Jackson's ever been in a movie. And that's saying something. Um, I don't know if it's the best Bruce Willis has been, but Bruce Willis in this movie, it's iconic. So we'll talk about that on tomorrow's show. It's The Drive with Josh Graham, WSJS. It's a good sign that we've had a good show when I get tweets such as this one here. 
out of context, I like this even better for Darren Vott that's now joining us from ACC Baseball, etc. And USA Baseball, Voice of High Point Basketball. It was cool to run into Tubby Smith at the Kentucky Games over the weekend in Greensboro. Donald writes in, snakes are commonly found in attics, man. The height of your bed has zero effect on a snake getting in it. That's how I know today's been a really good show. We've fired off a lot of hot sports takes that often are accented by John Calipari saying things about Josh Pasner that were insinuating were said about me. Josh is out of his mind. But yet, that's the most pushback I got. Us talking about snakes and how high your bed up, your how high your bed needs to be to avoid snakes potentially getting in it. It's a great segue to Darren Vot, who will join us to answer unusual question or does so right now. Darren, where do this is kind of a teaser for unusual questions. Where does snakes in your bed or snakes in a bathroom rank in terms of your worst fears? Uh, pr- pretty low, I think. <laughs> also, is is the higher bed thing that is that not a like a scorpion thing out like in the desert out west? No doubt. Yeah, you want to have a high bed to avoid scorpions. Well, there's there's also um, what is it that you do in in certain places if you have like a newborn in a crib? You got to put the crib on a like a slick surface so that the scorpion can't get around and up into the crib yeah everybody I've, knows this d- <laughs> it's common knowledge yeah <laughs> this is common knowledge uh getting to baseball real quickly darren i'm looking at my watch right now three two one gush about the world baseball classic you've got 30 seconds well so okay i like a lot of people didn't check in Right, we talked about it last week. I, it, it's an overwhelming part of the sports calendar. Not even I last had, night. I had not checked in. Had not. I'm getting there until the semis, and I'm glad that's when I checked in because that's when Trey Turner decided to be, you know, the best hitter on earth for a a, a moment, and he hit five home runs in the World Baseball Classic, tying the record for the event. So he had a really good tournament for Team USA. And then, of course, last night, especially when it got to be, it was on, it was background noise last night, you know, check in here or there. Um, and then it's like, oh, Tani's going to the bullpen. Oh, he's coming out for the ninth. Oh, Mike Trout might be due up in the ninth. It's a one or two run game. So then, of course, I'm I'm fully invested. And it doesn't even do it justice to say that it's the modern day Babe Ruth versus pitching to whatever you want to call trout the modern day mickey mantle a lot of people prefer um it was awesome it was incredible trout swung and missed at three pitches which he rarely does he's only done it 24 times in his entire big league career which spans over a decade at this point and it just goes to show how great otani is he's the best player in the world that was a huge stage the two had never faced as pitcher and batter, uh, it was awesome. It was awesome. I was giddy about it. And <laughs> I was like laughing out loud while I was watching it. Otani threw him 100 miles per hour right down the gut twice. Just 
daring Mike Trout to take it yard and he couldn't catch up yeah. swung and missed. And it's like, that's, that's the second best player in the world that couldn't, couldn't catch up to that. It was, it was amazing. We got, just, what a great event. We've got breaking. That's well past time. We've got breaking ACC basketball news that just came down on a day where we've had a lot of it. Micah Shrewsbury, Penn State's coach, is now the new head coach of Notre Dame, replacing Mike Bray, seven-year contract, uh, to be the newest ACC coach alongside Adrian Autry at Syracuse. And was there one more coaching change that happened in the ACC? Damon Stoudemire at Georgia Tech. There it is. Damon Stoudemire, the new coach. Mighty Mouse. So no more openings available in the ACC. Here's what I want to do with unusual questions. I looked at the D1 baseball poll. Wake Forest is up to number two. Number two. Number two. Miami, a perennial power in college baseball, 13th in Baseball America, 17th in that D1 baseball poll. They play in Winston-Salem this weekend, and we've got tickets to give away, brought to you by our friends at Reese Builders. If you call in and ask an unusual question, frankly, it could be like a usual sports question, but we like encouraging the, hey, how high up does your bed need to be to avoid snakes type question. 336-777-1600. The first few to call in with questions gets tickets to see a couple of the best baseball teams in college baseball face off in Winston-Salem this weekend. Again, at 777-1600. It's time. For unusual questions. Last week, guys, everybody made it out that I got mad at Josh and I left the press conference. That's not right. I thought it was an unusual question, and it's okay. It's time for Unusual Questions with Josh Graham. Darren Vaught, I'll get us started here. If you have unusual questions, again, that number is 336-777-1600. The other breaking news in college basketball today or ACC basketball is that our guy Armando Baycott is going to be returning to campus for a fifth season in Chapel Hill. And to announce that news, he put up simply an image of Perry Ellis from Kansas. uh, Quote tweeting Jeff Goodman's report. That's right. right? Quote tweeted Jeff Goodman's report. And it was a picture with no caption of Perry Ellis, who it felt like was at Kansas for a million years, had me thinking about old man game. Who was your favorite older basketball player? Like having great old man games in the NBA. Who? Because it doesn't really qualify for you know, college basketball as much as we can joke about Perry Ellis, but although some some college basketball players have old man game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Ryan Young at Duke. Yeah. He has an old man game. Like if you want to go Hall of Fame category, Duncan, yeah, Kareem. Yeah, I mean, right. Kareem developed that. For some reason, my brain immediately went to Zach Randolph, who just seems like a dude you wouldn't want to play at the Y. That guy with his spin moves, 
Maybe throwing an illegal elbow in there. I don't know. Was it legal? Was it not? You you decide. The referee. Well, he'll decide what it is. Zebo's good. I'm, t I'm thinking guard play. What is old man guard play? Manu Ginobili. That's old man guard play. Is that? Are you only saying that because he was balding for the majority of his career? Yes. <laughs> and he's a bit finesse. Not really well, flashy. The, the, Has anyone ever seen Manu Ginobili dunk? The finesse, the Euro step, he used to. No, that was part of his game at one point in time. See, like, why wouldn't, why wouldn't Steve Nash also qualify as old man? Game? Oh, but because he's doing the Jason Williams behind the back passes and things like that too. That doesn't feel right. That's not old man game. If if an old man's doing that, you're asking whether or not it's Kyrie Irving wearing a bunch of makeup and doing the <laughs> Uncle Drew deal. Uncle Drew. That old man game, Uncle Drew. Yeah, that's a good answer to the question. Uh, let's go to the phones. Brent and Winston-Salem's up first. What's your unusual question, Brent? Hey, it's maybe not an unusual question, but question, why did the Panthers not wait a year to draft someone like Caleb Williams instead of going so hard into – a first round trade and everything for uh, CJ Stroud and that number one overall pick. Right. So it's kind of stupid to give that much up. So I'll tell you, I'll answer that question for you, Brent. Thank you so much for the phone call because Carolina expects to be a lot better than picking number nine with this roster that finished so well towards the end of last year. They don't expect to be this close to picking number one to get a guy like Caleb Williams or even a Drake may. And the other thing is this man, it's become a racket. The, projecting two drafts ahead deal like the draft i remember a time where people said oh man people are going to be tanking left and right for cj stroud and bryce young you better watch out and then when their season actually happens you're underwhelmed because of those expectations we did the same thing with justin herbert and then people overthought it and justin herbert was an amazing player like Pass me, miss me on the let's look to 2024 or look two drafts ahead of time. And it's also a racket because nobody's going to remember what you said a year and a half before the draft happened. So you can really say whatever you want without consequence. Pretty thorough answer there. Uh, I'll let W. That's fine because I wasn't going to answer. Yeah, that. I'll that's, let WD like and Darren take this so. question from Michael in Kernersville. Michael in Kernersville, what do you have? Yeah, I got a uh, geography question for you. Love Before it. Before Mount Everest was discovered, what was the highest mountain on Earth? Darren? My guess is Kilimanjaro. Keep him on the line, please, so that way we can actually get an answer to that. Was it Kilimanjaro? <laughs> no. What was it? Oh. What oh, was you it? you want the answer? Yes, I would love the answer. <laughs> He's the not going to guess. Mount he doesn't Everest. like sounding not smart. The answer is Mount Everest because just was because just because oh. it wasn't discovered doesn't mean it still um, wasn't the highest mountain on earth. Great. That is unusual. That is an unusual question. That's pretty good <laughs> on your part. There goes uh Michael in Kernersville. Artie in Thomasville. Fire off unusual questions. All right, I got an unusual one for you. Uh given that when Peyton Manning won his last Super Bowl, he couldn't throw the ball past the line of scrimmage. He relied on defense. No doubt. And we saw Cam Newton throw it at Pro Day at Auburn. How unusual would it be for him to get picked up at this point by anyone? Great question. 
it would be incredibly unusual because the reason you pick up Cam Newton is not because he throws the football well. It's because he trucks people while running it and he's that type of threat. And it's amazing. We see all these highlights from his pro day. Not a lot of him running the football, which is the reason why you sign Cam and Cam's 34. It would be incredibly strange if somebody were to pick him up. Is he like publicly looking for a job right now? Oh, there's no doubt. Can we play? Can we play the sound? Actually, no, let's not play it. But Cam put on IG before he went to the Auburn Pro Day. Man, how do all these randoms continue to get signed? There aren't 32 mother bleepers better than me. Okay, yeah, so that's a resounding yes. He's tr- he's trying to get And it's <laughs> a bummer. It's sad. He's throwing at Auburn's Pro Day. It's not good. It would be very strange. All right, let's go to Darren Vaught for his unusual question. What is the farthest drive to make you consider other travel plans? So, like, I... So I, I called baseball at Clemson this past weekend. Mm-hmm. From where I am, that is about a four-and-a-half-hour drive. Not terrible. Not great. But I don't know that it would have been worth <laughs> a quick little, like, puddle jump from, I guess, Raleigh to Greenville, South Carolina. Is that is that if it's, that? If it's within six hours. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I'm six probably hours. driving it. Yeah, six hours is probably... If it's more than six, I might want to fly. If it's less than six. Yeah, like six and a half, seven. Like Baltimore, I'd be willing to do Baltimore, D.C. But beyond that, like Pennsylvania, nah, I'll fly. See, in the triangle, D.C. is like a two-hour drive for me. There's there's no way I'm flying that. Right, but... But Atlanta? Like, I mean, it probably depends on what you got going on, too. Like, I... I would consider flying. But I also home. really like driving at night. I do. Where? Really? I love it because there's no traffic. And you are so old in so many other ways <laughs> in spirit. But old people hate driving at they night. They do. You, just, I, you you reversed the oldest 29-year-old thing in a big way with that statement. And also, I just got a new puppy that was in the studio. And people are still raving in the studio or in our lobby right now about how cute willow is did i read that right on your instagram three pounds yeah how have you not crushed her yet like that's (laughs) i would be so terrified small puppy very small and cute (laughs) wd picked her up he can vouch for this she's very light Mm -hmm. and she stays out of the way she just kind of chills out like you would expect a puppy like to be barking and hyper and all no barking like just she's chilling Chill puppy. Yeah. No, no bouncing around. No, no, none of that. No bebopping. No. <laughs> really quick, WD, you got something? Yeah, really I, I already asked it to you earlier, so I'll just pose this to Darren Vaught. Dogs, should you let them sleep in the bed? Yeah. Really? Yes. Yeah. I wouldn't. What kind of existence that? is owning a dog and not letting it just like I don't. do whatever it I don't wants know, Josh. without? No. No. Rules are dumb for dogs. I mean, obviously, don't like. Don't like, you know. Also, I'd probably poop cr- in the house. I'd but... probably crush the dog if the dog <laughs> slept in the, in the bed. In this case, yes. You know what? I'm worried a snake is going to eat Willow. Get her up in a, a very elevated crib. Full circle, this segment went. Now that's a terrifying thing to think about. <laughs> Thanks for putting that thought in my head. Darren Vaught, 
It's good to see you, and we'll talk to you next week. Sounds good. See you guys.